Hello and welcome to the Musician's Journey podcast. Here is just a pre-intro intro to say that the music in this episode is all performed by Alexandra and the singer Candice Yellow. Since Alexandra will be talking about different composers, I just want to point out here in the beginning that the solo piano music is all Chopin Mazurkas. And now, over to the intro. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Musician's Journey podcast. Today I'm speaking to the Polish pianist Aleksandra Bobrowska, who I met in 2008 when we both embarked on our international music studies in Manchester at the Royal Northern College of Music. We both left after four years, me for Amsterdam, and Alexandra went home to, was it Gdansk or Warsaw that you returned to? Well, actually, uh, first of all, hello, and when you say 2008, it sounds like it never happened, like it was so, so long ago. Uh, but uh, actually, I went to Switzerland then, straight after uh, my yes. studies in yes. Manchester. Yeah. That's true. I, I, I continued my studies in Switzerland. Would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> um, hello, everyone. Uh, as Ragnil said, we are good friends from school time. I play the piano and I do many, many things related to music. Basically, I work as a teacher, as an accompanist, I play many solo recitals, but I also give introductory lectures to concerts. I love talking to the audience about music I perform because I think like that I also share more my love and, you know, uh, all the knowledge I have about the pieces I perform. And uh, I also love to work in a theater. I, I did some play right before the pandemic about Chopin's life where I performed on stage with uh, the actors and yeah other than that I really love doing uh, research on the history of music so I would say I play the piano and this is the main thing I do professionally but I also love doing all the stuff that's music related that's from the professional perspective. Was there ever any doubt about being a musician for a living for you? Yeah, many times, I must say, because it's not so obvious, uh, I think, for me, uh, from my perspective, because um, I don't come from a musical family. Like I'm the first musician, although um, my family and also not, not only the closest family, but also cousins and um, my other relatives, they, they love music in many ways, but no one played any instrument. So I was the first one who went to the professional public music school. Then I did my studies and, you know, I'm master of arts. That's how they call this title. But it's not so obvious because being a musician and finding the balance between doing the projects you want to do, playing in public, actually finding the opportunities and, and also having a regular income, like a regular job, finding a balance between uh, this is very demanding and also having the experience of moving from one country to another and even coming back to my home country after five years of living abroad. Each time um, it put 
some sort of challenges I had to overcome. And very often with challenges, when there's an uncertain situation, you know, you don't have concerts at the moment or you can't you can't find a job at school that would give you a regular income to pay your bills every month. You actually ask yourself, like, um, is this really something that I should do for a living or is this something I should put, you know, in a sphere of a hobby of something that would be um, filling my leisure time, not my uh, professional time. But each time such moments happened, uh, I must say I was thinking like, yeah, but if it's not the main point of my everyday I would feel very sad. And after a while, I think I would feel very um, frustrated also, in a way, because I think music became such a strong part of me that I really can't imagine life without it uh, being the major part of it, you know. Uh, so I think, yeah, I've had such doubts. I'm sure I will be having them again, <laughs> uh, you know, during my life. But uh, at the same time, I can't imagine skipping this as my main occupation. You have been fortunate to manage pretty well so far. At least when uh, the Alexandra I remember from the last time I visited you in Warsaw, I know you moved back to your parents now in Gdansk because of the corona situation. Uh, but you were uh, hardly sitting down for a second. You always had something, somewhere to go. You had students to teach and concerts to prepare and concerts to perform. So uh, this is a, a bit of a change for you. Yes, I must say um, it's it's quite a change now, but it came at at a proper time of my life i must say because i think what um i was trying to do after after the studies you know is to gain the experience to be on stage as much as possible also uh, just to get used to performing and to do it as naturally as possible because for me it's actually not very natural uh, to go and perform i'm I, I think i'm rather this kind of person who loves um, discovering music working on it and when it comes to performance it um, requires uh, opening up and going to people i'm much more of an introvert although i may not seem to be on the first side but i think um, i learned with time i learned to be uh, a little bit more of an extrovert and to do it more naturally. And that's why I actually uh, used this opportunity of living in Warsaw that was great time. You know, so many concert places, so many orchestras to play with, so many little solo venues to perform my recitals that I really took this opportunity and I did what I could uh, under the circumstances. And it gave me a lot of great experience. I was a teacher at the same time. I had many students that I absolutely adored and I learned a lot from them. It was uh, double side learning. You know, I think I hope they gained something from me and I gained a lot of um, knowledge from them. Uh, but at the moment, I think what my next step is going to be is to focus more on organizing 
some projects I've been thinking about for a long time, but they simply require more time and also more focus. Because running from one place to another for a rehearsal, for a concert, for teaching, uh, doesn't give you the comfort of spending a few weeks in a row just, you know, sitting in your room and working, you know, either arranging things or composing or learning new repertoire, putting it together. And I think at this moment, I have few projects um, on my mind that I would love to do. And it's perfect I have this um, this opportunity just to focus and to stay in my room and work on them. Can you say something about these projects? Yeah, you know, actually, <laughs> I've just finished one of them. Uh, it's my first CD uh, that has been released uh, in Poland uh, in cooperation with uh, Viennese Crystal Horizon Records. And uh, it's it's actually a very typical project because it's a CD that, that consists of all the mazurkas that Chopin published during his life. So this is something that I used to do quite a lot because I play many Chopin recitals and I have a lot of his pieces in my repertoire. So I decided to record this most beloved um, set of pieces of mine. And this is something I would love to continue when the pandemic is over because I would love to promote the city during live concerts. So it's some sort of closure of the chapter that I started when I moved to Warsaw. And what I'm trying to open up now are two projects. One of them is one of the most beloved composers of mine, Bach. And I'm working right now um, with one of the most interesting harpsichordists in, in this country who has a lot of experience and who gives me a lot of support and proper knowledge about this time of music history. And I'm preparing some, hopefully... CD recording of Bach uh, suites, selected ones. And uh, this is very important to me because I love Baroque music and I was postponing this um, deep study that you need to do to perform it because it's a completely different world. First, you have to just emerge into the history of this period to, to really understand this music. So this is one of the projects I'm doing. And another one is dedicated to a very interesting lady. Her name uh, is Irene Wieniawska. Uh, she signed her compositions with many different uh, names. For example, Poldowski. I think this is one of the most popular nicknames that she used. And many others. And she was a daughter of a very famous violinist, Henryk Wieniawski. We even have this huge Wieniawski competition in Poznan, in Poland. It's uh, for young violinists. And his daughter was actually born a year before um, Henryk Wieniawski died. And because of that, I think she didn't have very strong connection with Poland because her mom was British. And uh, she's uh, also considered to be a British composer, although she was born in Brussels. And you know, this interesting lady with such amazing music. This is my newest discovery. I absolutely adore her writing. So I would love to dedicate this year also to some sort of research and making more popular the music of one of the most interesting female composers of Polish origin to me. I applied for a scholarship 
Uh, and I got it actually. That's why I can be so peaceful this year. Um, because I can work on the project I love and it's financially supported as well. I don't need to go to a regular work. Um, I'm writing piano arrangements of her songs. And this is a great discovery for me as well because I love the texts she's using. She, she used many of French texts for her songs. I love her writing style. And I hope it's going to be a part not only of this year of my work, but this year it's only a beginning of something bigger that I will do after the pandemic when the venues open up. That sounds amazing. When you were talking now, I was thinking about how you and me and our generation, we grew up so much with CDs. It was before the streaming era, you know, before everyone were using the internet really we're that yeah. old uh, <laughs> and so when when I was growing up anyway then this CD was kind of a big thing and this uh, idea of making a CD seemed like some kind of milestone you know And also, I guess I had an illusion that there weren't that many albums in the world. And now with streaming, we see that, oh, there is an ocean of albums. Do you uh, think about that at all? Like when you make an album, how much do you do it for yourself? And how much are you thinking about uh, reaching some kind of a, a niche interest where there isn't much produced yet? Or what's your approach when you record an album? I think my approach changes depending on the album. For example, the aim of the first one uh, was actually very... Um, simple. I mean, there were two aims, I think. The, the first aim was simply to start recording because I was postponing this moment, really. I didn't know how to start, how to organize the whole thing. It scared me away, I would say, because uh, there is a lot behind it. You know, the team, uh, the recording team, the finances, the venue, then you have to think about where to release it and, you know, how to design the cover and many other things. Of course, I had an amazing team for this, but I had to search, you know, uh, one by one uh, to, to find uh, proper people for this team. So it was a work I always postponed. So I just wanted to start. And second of all, it was also to uh, mark uh, some chapter in my work, I think, to start to make some sort of statement you know what I want to do I think the first city is always some sort of a statement and also it was very important to me because I wrote the introduction in the booklet about how I look at the pieces I perform and it's a statement that is a little bit contradictory to the general view people have on mazurkas so I think it was it was uh also some sort of a reason why I made it. And with this particular CD, it was just a try to record such huge amount of pieces because it's two CD album. And I hope these pieces will stay with me as my regular repertoire and I will record them again in 20 years. I hope so. This is my biggest dream because at the moment I realize it's a CD that already today 
almost a year after the first take for the recording, I would have done completely differently. And I'm sure in 20 years or 30 years, I will look at this from a completely different perspective. And this is what I would love to do. But with another series, when it comes to Bach, I think I might have something different to say about this music than it was said before. You know, it's the only one reason, because there are so many amazing Bach CDs there, you know, and so many people recorded his pieces that one may question if we really need another one uh, in this uh, genre. I think there are some discoveries I've made and I would love to record them and, you know, just send to the world. Perhaps someone will find this perspective interesting and will share it with me. But when it comes to the music of uh, Poldowski, of uh, Irena Wieniawska, I would love to record a CD with her music simply because I would love her music to become much more popular than it is. It deserves much bigger attention, especially here in Poland, where she's completely forgotten. No one performs her music, you know. It's when I mention her uh, to my friends, uh, to my fellow musicians, no one actually knows any of her pieces. And this is a great shame. We lose a lot not knowing her uh, writing. So here I would love to make her music more popular. How did you come across her music? Uh, by a friend of mine from Geneva. Uh, she's uh, one of my best friends from studies. We have a duo called Aldis Duo and we perform often together. And uh, we have this program called What Femme, so the women's voice, to put it uh, in, in an English translation. And we perform music written by women. And she just found her pieces in one of the libraries in Geneva. And she got so much interested that she sent me the copies. I went through this course and I really loved it. And we also incorporated some of Poldowski's pieces into our program. You know, I, I used to teach uh, many people who were just about to go to the university. And very often when they came to me and I could see they had some inner uh, questions arising, you know, about what they would like to do in the future. I was trying to just ask one question to them. And also I started asking this question myself, like, why? Why do you do certain things? And, uh, you know, if it's if it's actually uh, something that would uh, 
last longer than, you know, just one post on Facebook, you know, something that would be more valuable and would make more sense um, than just being famous, you know. Um, so, yeah. Now that you're talking about teaching, I feel like taking an advantage of you because uh, I have in two hours from now, I have my first ever cello lesson via zoom that I'm gonna give wow. yeah uh, except I I did a, a kind of a cello lesson via zoom with a friend because I asked her if she would like to be my zoom lesson guinea pig since I hadn't uh, <laughs> since I hadn't done that before and uh, now I have one again and I feel oh uh, wouldn't it be unprofessional if say they can't hear my cello or if the, yeah if the sound is bad if if anything goes wrong I feel this some kind of pride or something like I'm supposed to be the yeah the teacher the professional they will hopefully pay me <laughs> and then <laughs> and I would uh, like for them to feel happy about paying me for whatever I can offer. Yeah. yeah. Have you been teaching online? Yeah, actually, I've been giving lessons online and also I've been receiving lessons online. So I'm, I'm on both sides in a way. So I can tell you from my experience that actually I was also hesitant to do it at first because I didn't know how to do it and I'm not that good with technology uh, when it comes to the recording equipment I'm not really that advanced so I'm using you know the simplest equipment one can use just to make a lesson via zoom but I must say with time I I stopped worrying about if it works 100% because there are so many factors that don't depend on us, like in real life. And also, uh, I think because we are classically trained musicians, we have this habit of doing everything 110%, you know. But I think, you know, this pandemic teaches us that we don't have the control over everything. And it's all right. It's a part of being a human on this planet and also uh, sometimes all the lessons that I teach go very well no problems with connection I hear everything well but sometimes I don't and um, very often with my students we have to find different solutions and I must say we managed to do it pretty well uh, sometimes we uh, simply disconnect for 10 minutes and I ask my students to discover what we were just talking about, you know, just to practice a little bit and see if it works or if it doesn't work. Then we reconnect and we continue. So, yeah, we can only do what we can. Mm. Yeah. Can it be difficult for you to make ends meet? I must say uh, I feel very lucky because... I know that not everyone being a musician can share this experience and I wish it could be an experience of, you know, all of us, but I'm absolutely lucky because although there were situations when I was feeling that, okay, this project has finished, I'm running out of money really quickly and I have to do something about this. I was never in a situation that was hopeless, you know, uh, 
even when being a student, uh, you know, some sort of project or work or a concert arrived on time. Uh, so I actually, I never found it impossible to make it, you know. Sometimes uh, I had to think uh, what to do and it was tricky, but I'm one of those lucky people that actually have, have a lot of uh, good people and a lot of good opportunities happening in their life. So, yeah, for me, it's uh, it's okay. Do you have to make compromises between what you want to do and what you can make money from? Yes, sometimes I do. Sometimes I do, but it's actually something I noticed that brings also very good outcome. Although it sounds like I'm giving up some important part of myself, but I must say straight after studies, I was one of those who was thinking that teaching is not what I would love to do. So I started teaching for a reason of having a regular income. That was my main main motivation at the time when I finished my studies. But after a very short time, I thought it's fantastic that I was forced to do it, you know, at first, because it was such a bliss, you know, it was a great discovery that actually it's, it's a part of uh, this occupation I would love to continue in my life. Of course, I think everything has to be balanced, like one has to think to what extent wants to dedicate to certain field of music making. So if I would have been only a teacher, I think I would, I would miss very much uh, performing on stage. So I have to balance. I have to find enough performance opportunities to keep me active and, you know, at a good shape technically and also, you know, discovering new music. But at the same time, I need days when I only lock myself in a classroom and I spend this time with my students because it's also a very important part of my life. So actually, in a way, I started making compromises, but I discovered that the compromises I've made are actually very fruitful and satisfying. So they are no longer compromises. That's amazing. How do you structure your days in order to get everything done that you want to do? Um, you know, actually, I'm this type of person who always plans much more <laughs> than it's possible to do within one single day. But um, actually, it's hard to say I, I have one structure. For example, right now, I could uh, speak about the structure I have this month, because this month uh, there are no concerts happening, uh, so I'm still here in Gdańsk. Um, I also come from time to time to teach at the Academy of Music uh, in Gdańsk. This is one of the things I'm doing now. But other than that, I work only at home. So I'm trying to wake up early, not later than 7, 7.30. Because I actually prefer mornings to, to, to work. And I do some workout because I, I feel a strong need of physical exercises, especially during the pandemic when we spend mo most of the time at home. So I do healthy breakfast, some workout, uh, you know, shower, nice cup of tea, and I sit by the piano. And if I feel like playing, I do some Bach stuff or some Chopin studies that I love practicing or I learn new pieces. 
if I don't feel like playing straight away, I start writing the arrangements of Poldowski. And also uh, the work I do at the Academy of Music is being a pianist at the conducting department. So I'm obliged to learn um, new symphonies every second week that we come for classes. So I have a lot of new scores to read. So I just spend the time by the piano. Then I uh, cook some lunch with my family. I, I continue the work. And right now I'm actually learning some foreign languages because I finally have time to do so. So in the evening, I usually sit and read some texts or I have classes online or I walk because I really love walking. I try to do at least um, minimum like seven kilometers a day, but I feel the best if I do like 10 to 15 kilometers a day, even around the house, you know, here uh, in the forest. I just take my uh, language recordings and instead of sitting and, you know, studying at home, I just walk and listen to different tracks. Is there something in particular that you want to achieve in life as a musician? Huh. Uh, this is um, this is a question I would need to think about. And actually, this is a question I ask myself often. Uh, simply the answer changes <laughs> depending on uh, the time of my life when I was younger I was a student I wanted to win the Chopin competition you know and be a famous pianist and uh, still I would love to do so I'm simply too old to enter this competition now because it's up to 30 and I'm 33 at the moment so uh, it's it's uh, gone Uh, but um, being more serious about uh, my aims at the moment is to discover and actually find the how to say, to be consistent, to be consistent in discovering new things, to be consistent in improving, you know, and also finding ways to share my music with the audience, just to be an active musician as long as possible. I think this is my aim. And to never forget why I started doing what I do, you know. And yeah, I think this is my aim, just to stay active and actually to play more and more like at the moment I focus mostly on performing in Poland but it became sort of too comfortable Uh, so I think I miss uh, traveling abroad not only because of the pandemic but even before I noticed that I would love to do it more often so I think I will focus on on performing as much as possible in different places 
and you know just keeping the balance also between um, my work and my profession and my great love for music with normal life you know with just being a human being and not always being a musician mm. so what does it mean to be a musician well like being a musician by this I meant just making music uh, the most important of your life and also of uh, your personality you know uh, because I, I think we musicians correct me if I'm wrong but very often uh, especially the classical music uh, musicians we tend to make it our entire world you know like there is nothing besides playing our instruments performing and studying music And there are so many other interesting fields to discover and so many other interesting experiences to go through in life that I would love to find the proper balance between still being very dedicated to what I love doing and to be as good musician as I can only get, but also be a human being who uh, can also detach uh, the mind, you know, and do some other stuff. And, you know, I also think, I think it depends very much on when we uh, grew up and uh, our training to become who we are, whether it was informal or more formalized, you know, like finishing musical college. And I think also because I was born here in Poland and I spent most of my study time here Uh, before I went to the university in, in Manchester and then to, to Geneva. I think here we have this rather strict approach, very serious and also very professional, but in a way that produces a lot of uh, tension, I would say. Uh, what I've learned during my studies abroad was to free up a little bit, but still I did uh, like very formal studies. Uh, so... I think I associate being a musician, something that I took from the places I studied in. But I think the more remote I am from the time of my studies, the more the definition becomes my own, I would say. So perhaps when we meet in some time, in a few years, I would actually, I, I will actually say something completely else. Yeah. Where can people find you and uh, listen to all the mazurkas you've been recording well um i'm on spotify youtube music apple music and i think many others i just can't recall all the places because uh, a friend of mine put um A friend of mine from Crystal Horizon Records uh, from Vienna, uh, he put all the album on different streaming sources. But also I have my own YouTube channel that uh, I really encourage you to go to. And if you like it, please like and subscribe. <laughs> and um, I started running my Facebook fan page that I'm perhaps not the best uh, in doing so because I'm really not a social media type of person, but I'm learning to do it and I use it more and more uh, simply as a mean of communication with others. I'm not looking at it like, you know, oh, social media again <laughs> because I used to have this approach, but uh, I just use it more as, as a mean of 
reaching out to people that I'm not able to connect to one to one, you know, who live uh, far away. So also I kindly invite you to go and like if you like. <laughs> What would you like the reason to be for anyone to reach out to you? Are you looking for anyone to collaborate with or uh, anyone to to comment on your uh, projects or uh, are you looking for more students? To be honest, I'm I'm looking for venues where I could perform the three programs I've mentioned uh, during this interview, like Chopin Mazurka's Poldovsky, the piano transcriptions of her songs, or even this whole program, What Fam with my duet, all these that I absolutely adore. I love uh, presenting this program. And the third program also, Bach music for piano solo. Because when the pandemic is over, I would love to actually switch from this, uh, you know, recording setting to public live performances again. So the most um, important to me are right now people who actually uh, work in different venues and would be interested in the three programs I've mentioned. But I'm very open to chamber music collaboration as well, because I really love it, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, when it comes to students, I'm at the moment pretty occupied, but also I would, I would have a space for new students at this moment, for sure. But also, I would be very happy to reach out to people just to present the music I, I like the most and if they would like some of the of it and it would be pleasant for them to listen to this would be seriously the biggest joy to me and also if someone would like to comment on it because would notice something interesting or something that they would have done differently and would like to inform me that perhaps there is another way of doing stuff um, I'm really very open to different sorts of comments and they are always very very welcome Thank you for listening. 
I'll include relevant links in the show notes so that you can listen to more mazurkas, write Alexandra to say how inspired you feel after listening to her today, and to say that you have the perfect venue for her future concerts. If you want to make her extra happy, you can include a minion in your message. If you want to support this podcast, you can donate on my coffee page, ko-fi.com slash the musician's journey podcast. For any comments, my email address is in the show notes and on my website, ringnelvesenberg.com. <laughs>